It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Giving the defense some attention as we continue our OTA conversation with three defenders that stood out for various reasons. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into this Friday episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts, and you can continue the conversation with me over on Subtext at joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders where you can go one-on-one with me because I'm your host, David Harrison, dharrison82 on Twitter, credential member of the media and Washington Commanders beat reporter for Commander Country Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering your Washington Commanders. Here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, I want to share my appreciation for your continued support of the program. On today's episode of Locked on Commanders, we're going to discuss the trademark issue that some believe could lead to Washington's new owners being forced into changing the team's name. Some early impressions of Commanders quarterback Jacoby Brissett is coming up at the end of this episode, and we'll go over the storylines from the week in our new In Case You Missed It segment that we're going to make a weekly thing starting today with this week. But we're going to start off today's episode talking about some defensive players that stood out Wednesday at day two of OTA practices, the first day for external media to attend and see the rookies and veterans kind of blending in together and let's start our defensive standouts with the most notable defender right now and that is first round nfl draft pick emmanuel forbes because whenever you're the first round pick for an nfl franchise especially one that is trying to get their winning ways more consistent trying to earn a playoff spot uh for the first time in a while we know they went to the playoffs recently but we're talking about earning taking a playoff spot versus getting a playoff spot right every day is going to remember me saying this Earlier in the week, Sam Fortier of the Washington Post said it in his appearance on the show this week as well. But the most important thing that we were going to see from the secondary this week really was alignment based. It was where guys are playing uh, more than it was performance based. You want you love seeing performances. Emmanuel Forbes came down with another interception. You love seeing those kinds of things. And those things are important, absolutely. But it's almost more important at this point in time from an observation standpoint anyway to know where to expect these guys to be lining up. And after getting a lot of work in the slot during the rookie mini camp, Forbes was almost exclusively outside during day two of OTA practice. And I say almost because I didn't watch every rep for number 13 uh, on the field, because if I do that, then I can't watch Sam Howell. I can't watch the receivers, the running backs, other defenders, all that stuff. Right. So I just want to be clear in, in why I'm saying things the way that I'm saying, I didn't watch number 13 every single time he was on the field. Therefore, I can't tell you that he only played outside. I can just tell you I only saw him play outside. So if that makes sense. Now, to that end, I did spend a good portion of the day, uh, especially early on, going through. And if I didn't watch the full snap from snap to finish of Emmanuel Forbes and some other players, I at least watched the alignment, right? I at least looked at the field 
I looked at the offensive line. I looked at the receivers, looked at the backs, looked at the linebackers, the D line, all that stuff. And I kind of made mental notes of, okay, here's where they're lining up. And when I did that, Emmanuel Forbes uh, was outside. Kendall Fuller and Emmanuel Forbes both were only outside from what I saw. Uh, Again, can't see everything, but from what I saw, they were only outside during the team drills. I did see Benjamin St. Juice line up inside in the slot a couple of times, but for, for the most part, Benjamin St. Juice was also on the outside. Danny Johnson and Quan Martin, who we saw for the first time because he was not at the rookie minicamp uh, due to the death, the unfortunate passing of his grandmother. Uh, Quan Martin was in the slot along with Danny Johnson a lot on Wednesday. And look, there were times where I'd see Benjamin St. Juice, Kendall Fuller on the field, and I'd look around for Emmanuel Forbes, not in the formation. Emmanuel and Kendall were on the field. Benjamin St. Juice is on the sideline. Emmanuel and Ben were on the field. Kendall Fuller's on the side. So, I mean, so a lot of outside work going on and a lot of combinations happening here. Uh, right now for these guys. So that's really kind of the biggest thing I went into looking for with Emmanuel Forbes is where is he going to line up compared to uh, his his rookie minicamp performance. And this time he was on that outside, which again is where Sam Fortier said he expects them to play. And it's where we all basically expected him to play. So seeing him in the slot during rookie camp, a little bit of a surprise. So now we've got one, one day spent inside, one day spent outside. So we'll look next week and we'll see where he's playing and start to formulate maybe a more confident uh, prognosis or or a diagnosis analysis, whatever you want to call it, projection for where Emmanuel Forbes is going to line up. So obviously he stood out for those reasons. And again, did come down with an interception. That's why they brought him in there, all those interceptions in college. So you love seeing him getting these interceptions uh, in practice as well. The next guy that stood out, if you watch Illinois' tape and every dares, if you recall our Quan Martin film study episode, you're going to remember that we saw him everywhere. While he was playing for the Fighting Illini, it didn't matter if he lined up in press, if he was off coverage, if he was the deep safety, left side of the field and the play went to the right, right side of the field, the play went to the left. It didn't matter wherever the ball was. Quan Martin was going to find a way to be in the play or at least around the play. Really impressive stuff when he covers the field and he showed exactly the same energy uh, during the OTA practice. So sticking. So so again, sticking with this guy, sticking with the play. But again, number 20 for the Washington Commanders was in and around a lot of plays all day long. And because it was the first time I had seen him, uh, again, he wasn't at the rookie camp. We didn't have external media access to the first day of practices. So because it was the first time I saw him, I kept having to look at my sheet. I'm seeing number 20 make plays, and I'm looking at my sheet confirming that that is indeed Quad Martin, where he's around the ball, and I had to keep reminding myself. So a lot of range and, and, and a lot of slot play uh, up against the line of scrimmage, especially for Quad Martin on his first day of practice in front of the media. So a lot of kind of what we expected from him. Not as much deep safety play uh, that I saw out of him. More, again, slot coverage type of stuff. But regardless of where he was lined up, uh, he kind of got a little bit of everywhere. But regardless of where he was lined up, if he could get to the play, he was certainly going to be uh, involved in that. Now, sticking with the secondary real quick before we move to our next segment, Benjamin St. Juice had arguably the play of the day. It was very impressive for the defense anyway when he dropped back in coverage on one guy but kept his eyes on the quarterback, was able to keep awareness of the play happening around him. And when he saw the ball coming into the air to another guy that was close to his assignment, but not quite his assignment, broke off, read the ball, made a play, came in, broke it up, would have been, I don't want to say an easy completion to Jahan Dotson, but it was intended for Jahan Dotson, would have been a completion, I'll say, uh, to Jahan Dotson right around the five-yard line if it wasn't for Benjamin St. Juice. First off, his, his ability to not only stick with his man, but also keep a monitor of the quarterback and the play happening around him, but also the IQ to read it and the athleticism to break on it and, again, uh, make a very good play. So top-shelf IQ play uh, by Benjamin St. Juice right uh, there. When I was watching that play, I was standing next to John Kime, 
uh, of ESPN. I looked at him. I looked at him. And literally, just said, "said man, that's a that's a top shelf IQ play uh, by Ben there." And he just nodded his head in agreement and said, "Yeah, that was really impressive." So good stuff from Benjamin St. Juice there. A lot of energy from Quan Martin, Emmanuel Forbes playing on the outside, coming away from an interception. So we've already talked about three guys uh, that have stood out from that practice, but we're going to talk about another member of this secondary that stood out during day two of practice because of what he was doing during team drills, and that is nothing. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and the calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try this. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. They taste so amazing, you're not going to realize that they're good for you while you're eating them because they're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate and they come in unbelievably tasty flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. These bars taste like candy bars while maintaining amazing macros for you, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. You can get them at your local Walmart, at your Sam's Club, or you can get them online at built.com. If you go to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section and you'll find four bar boxes of cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, and coconut puff. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, you can find yourself a 13 bar box of brownie batter puff and churro puff. And right now, if you go to built.com, you can check out the return of coconut brownie chunk puff and so much more. That's builtbarbuilt.com. You got to try this. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view today and every day. Every dayers, make sure you come back Monday and next week. We're going to dive deeper into some of what we saw on the practice field. I'm going to dive into some of these press conferences more over the weekend and see what we can pull from those as well. And I still owe you a Chris Rodriguez film study. I have not forgotten, so we will try to get that in uh, next week as well. Maybe shoot for our Wednesday episode. For that, I'll, I'll leave it up to you guys. You let me know if you want a Chris Rodriguez film study episode to drop on Monday. Uh, the next time we will be out of practice that day. So Thursday will be OTA notes, and Friday will probably be more OTA notes. So if we're going to get the Chris Rodriguez film study in next week, Probably has to be Wednesday, or do you want me to go out uh, and try to find another member of the Beats to bring onto the show like I did with Sam, like I have uh, with uh, with Zach Selby in the past. Ben Standig has been on the show as well. I can continue kind of bringing uh, those beat reporters. Candy Waller of Bowie TV has been on. Like We can continue that march. Uh, I enjoy bringing those those folks on uh, as well for their perspective. So I can do that, uh, another, another beat reporter, or I can do Chris Rodriguez film study on Wednesday. You let me know. Uh, and I will, I will, can't make all of you happy, right? But I will do my best to uh, to majority rule this type of thing. So hit me up on subtext, join subtext.com slash locked on commanders 
to let me know what you want from that. Or if you're already a member of subtexters or subtexters, let me know. I will be sending a text out to all the subtexters uh, to ask you directly as well. But you can go ahead and let me know when you hear this or watch this as you do. Anyway, today we're going to continue talking about OTAs, our second day of OTA commentary, comments, and observations. And we need to talk about one more defender. And he's in the secondary group as well, but we didn't see him making any plays during team drills because he wasn't participating in the team drills. And of course, we're talking about veteran. Now, I mean, the most veteran safety in the room, Cameron Curl. And Curl, like I said, stood out for one major reason. And that's the fact that when the team was doing team drills, he was not on the field, but on the side with his position coach, Brent Wieselmeyer, had his helmet on and was standing there uh, with Coach Wieselmeyer. Now, this was initially significant because we know that Curl went through some injuries last year, his own, sh- own, own share of uh, bumps and bruises last year. Uh, so, of course, the initial concern is, oh, man, like, did he get hurt in individuals? Did he get hurt doing something that we just kind of happened to miss? But honestly, after some of the plays, especially like the play like Percy Butler's interception that we discussed yesterday, it was pretty clear that Cam Curl wasn't actually injured or not. I would say actually injured because it wasn't reported that he was injured anyway, but it was pretty clear that Cam Curl wasn't injured by the way he was reacting and celebrating with his guys. So the next logical place, at least the next logical place in my mind and in the mind of the other reporters around me was that he was essentially doing what defensive tackle Deron Payne did last year. Uh, for those who don't remember, last year Deron Payne came in uh, playing on an expiring contract, wanted a new deal just like any other player would uh, in the final year of their current deal. And so he, while he showed up to voluntary workouts like the OTA practices, he chose to sit out the team portions of uh, the drills and the practices because uh, to mitigate safety or to, to be safer and to mitigate risk uh, of, of injury, right? Accidents do happen uh, in practices. Now, these practices are not allowed to have contact in them, so there's no full-blown you know, hitting or anything like that. But anything can happen, especially when you're a trench player. Honestly, in Deron Payne's situation, someone loses their balance or something, falls on your leg, and you can get an accidental injury that way very, very easily. Of course, there's a level of injury risk that incur with anything, right? You can be backpedaling, you can be running, you can be doing anything, even in an individual drill and potentially suffer an injury. Uh, just like the one that tied in Armani Rogers suffered on day one of OTA practices. But essentially for Payne, it was his way of being part of the team, being present for the meetings, the lessons, the teaching, uh, all those things, doing his individual individual drills, working out at the facility, getting his rehab or you know his, his recovery treatment, all those things. But also bring a little bit of emphasis and shining a little bit of a light on his contract situation. Now, after practice, we did ask Cam Curl, and I say we as in the scrum, did ask Cam Curl, about his non-participation and about the contract situation, and here's what he had to say. So you uh, worked in individual and then uh, standing in the back during team drill. Kind of what's, what's the, can you just tell us what's going on there? Uh, you know, I'm just coming to work, you know what I'm saying, being around the guys, doing my job, you know what I'm saying, getting back 100% healthy, you know what I'm saying, just coming to work, you know. <laughs> just to clarify, you're, you're healthy? Yeah, I'm good, you know, I'm just coming to work. Every day. Is the uh, sitting out team part related to kind of your contract situation? Uh, nah, you know, I'm just coming to work, being with the guys. You know, I like I like being around my team. That's why I'm here. Cam, where are you at with your new contract? I mean, are, are you hopeful something may get done in training before training camp? Or where is it at? Um, I'm just coming to work, you know, be with the team every day. Have you reached out to any guys like John Allen who have gone through contract stuff before for some advice or some uh, their experiences? I mean, yeah, they'd be in the locker room. I mean, I'd be talking to them, you know what I'm saying? They're my teammates, so I like talking to them. Ron was saying about how kind of all the contract stuff right now is on hold because of the ownership sale. Does that make it easier to just focus on the field, or does that kind of suck? Like, what, what is that? I mean, when I'm here, I'm always focused on the field, you know what I'm saying? I play football, so that's what I'm focused on. 
All right. To be fair, look, these questions do have to be asked, but I think Cam answered them and received them about how you'd expect. And I think he did it pretty well uh, as well. But if you're on YouTube, you can also see the smirk on his face, right? The cutting of the eyes a little bit. If you look at the reaction of reporters around and like Pete Haley, uh, it's, it's, it's humorous in a sense, but at the same time, Guys take the approach. Sometimes guys take the approach of publicly disc- discussing their contract situations. And, well, some don't, just like Cam Curl decided not to. Uh, and you don't know until you ask. Uh, and I don't see any offense there being taken by Cam either. But a few questions received by Cam Curl about his contract situation and whether or not that was the motivation for his sitting out uh, the team portions of the drills. And, look, Cam is, is always a pleasure uh, to talk to post-game, post-practice, in the locker room, all those things. So uh, a very good interaction there between the media and Cam Curl. But I am going to say this. I do believe that this is about his desire for a new contract. But it's also a sign that while he's minimizing risk in, in hope of getting that new deal, which, which for the record, I think is very, very smart. If I was an agent or you know, if I was in the year of an NFL player who, who's looking for a new contract, I would probably tell them the same thing. And really the best way to go about this is, minimize risk right do your workouts do your individuals but minimize the risk of injury don't don't risk you know colliding with a guy midair or you know someone you know coming in for a plane undercutting you and rolling up on your ankle or your knee or or something like that but also be there and be in the meetings be in the film sessions talk with your coaches do all those things and that's exactly what he's doing so in fact you know i i kind of said you know, preemptive to this, he was doing nothing, but that's really not fair either because while he's on the sideline standing next to Coach Wieselmeyer, you can see that they're discussing what's happening before and after plays. And you could, you know, there were points where Cam was kind of pointing, and you can kind of say, you know, that he was probably setting the defense, trying to read what was happening, getting ready uh, to maybe make a call or, or make a check. And remember, uh, last year for a period of time, he wore the green dot, right? He was the communicator on the field for the defense. So he was the one who received the input from the coach and, and passed it on to the rest of his defensive player uh, teammates. So that's that's certainly a role that you could expect to possibly see him uh, fill again this year. So certainly Cam Curl not doing nothing on the practice field. That's kind of a little bit of tongue-in-cheek. But uh, again, the first reason that I noticed number 31 during the team drills is because he was on the sideline. So obviously something that needed to be talked about. Uh, and honestly, I'm not concerned about Cam Curl missing reps, right? I don't think really anybody uh, is super concerned about it. In fact, I'm actually happier that Percy Butler is getting more reps because of Cam Curl. Uh, setting out the team sessions because that's only going to help his development further. And again, we're not super worried about Cam Curl's performance on the field, especially in Jack Rose defense. This isn't a new defense. He knows this thing. Um, and if there's any new wrinkles, you know, he'll be able to learn through mental reps and, and the meetings and the film study and, and all that stuff. And hopefully sooner rather than later, uh, we'll see Cam Curl back on the field during the team drills, right? But it'll, it'll come when it needs to come. So those are our defensive standouts, but couple more things before we get to our new In Case You Missed It segment. First, the offensive line formation. That was something uh, that we talked about with Sam, something that I talked about in our OTA preview. Uh, right tackle was Andrew Wiley. Right guard, Sam Cosme. Center, Nick Gates. Left guard, Sadiq Charles. Left tackle, Cornelius Lucas. Now, Charles Leno Jr. will be the left tackle, uh, but obviously not here for this process. So, Cornelius Lucas stepping into that role so you can essentially – you know, nail him down as your second left tackle. Uh, that's for the most part, that's that's kind of the formation that we expected. Coach Rivera did tell us before practice that Sadiq would be getting the first crack at left guard and that Chris Paul is essentially uh, the number two left guard right now. Andrew Norwell, last year starting left guard, is expected to be released but was not present. The team hasn't really made an official comment on that, but he's also still rehabbing an injury. Uh, so right now he can't be released until he's healthy unless the team reaches an injury settlement. And there's some other layers to injury settlements that, you know, we're not going to get into unless we need to. 
But essentially, once he's healthy enough to be cut, I think the team is going to cut him. I think that's that's pretty much uh, the feeling from everybody. Uh, and I've got a gut feeling that it's going to be around June 2nd when uh, Andrew Norwell is healthy enough to be released. Defensive tackle, John Ridgway, also not present in OTAs. Uh, he is conducting rehab on a pec injury that he suffered in Week 18. That, according to Washington Post's Nikki Javala. And then finally, the trademark story that swept social media Wednesday afternoon and evening. And look, guys, I'm going to steal. I'm going to steal something from Ron Rivera right now, where I'm going to say this is an interesting story, but I don't know how important of a story it is right now. I think mostly it's exciting because there's so many people that still don't like the team Washington Commanders. And uh, look, if you guys have been around for a while, you know I wasn't a fan of the name Washington Commanders either so this whole real thing really started trademark attorney josh gerbin tweeted on wednesday that the united states patent and trademark office uspto denied the trademark application for the washington commanders to trademark washington commanders and there were two reasons the uspto did so one was the existing trademark for commanders classic which is the name of the army versus air force game every year uh, and could cause potential confusion and branding and marketing the second reason is because a local dc man named martin mccauley has filed a trademark application for Washington Space Commanders and Washington Wolf Commanders. Uh, I guess he did so essentially guessing the the naming uh, of the new team. Now, Gerben says, the lawyer, uh, you know, the patent lawyer does say that Washington has options. Now they can attempt to argue that the confusion between the NFL team name and the college game is minimal at best and not impactful. And I'm going to admit, I grew up with a father in the Army. I spent 20 years in the Army myself, and I never knew that the Army and Air Force game had a title. So I think they've got a case there. As for the applications pending for McCauley, McCauley himself told the Washington Post some time ago that he has no intention of standing in the way of the Washington commanders, isn't even looking for compensation, apparently, uh, probably outside of the standard you know, legal fees associated with processing whatever transfer of rights has to take place. So apparently, McCauley is not going to be a problem for the Washington commanders. Now, Gerben does go on to say in his Twitter thread that he does believe that the Washington Marys will overcome these hurdles. Uh, and I saw another comment uh, from someone smarter on these matters than I am, that this is kind of standard practice. So you apply for a trademark, the trademark office kind of says, Hey, here are some things that could be a problem. Tell us why it's not a problem. You tell them why it's not a problem and you get your registration. So unless McCauley changes his mind on being open to giving over the rights, uh, it's probably probably not a non-issue. And I know that you know that's not what a lot of you want to hear. You want to hear that this is major and this is probably going to force the new owners to change the name. Now, look, if the new owners come in, they could use this as an excuse and say, oh, well, you know, there's all these hurdles and we don't want to do that. So we I'm not I'm not going to play that out. But the hurdles themselves are not all that uh, difficult. They're very much, you know, junior high level hurdles, not Olympic level hurdles, I guess. I don't even know if the hurdles uh, junior high level or high school or, or, or college are actually different, to be honest with you. But uh, following up on that, Matt Paris of the Washington Post also tweeted on Wednesday that the registration for trademarking Washington football team did come through on Wednesday. Uh, so, of course, that's opening all kinds of speculation that the team could go back to Washington football team, uh, a name that was also not well received, but kind of grew on people as it, as it went on. So did you hear about the prediction made by NFL.com that both Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett will play for the Commanders this coming regular season? Well, if not. I got you as we come back in our In Case You Missed It segment to end this week. That's next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In case you missed it, recently we talked about NFL.com predicting that Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett would each take snaps for the Washington Commanders in the coming regular season at OTA practice on Wednesday. Uh, I looked at Jacoby Brissett, and I got to say, I came away very impressed with some of the throws that he made. There were two specific ones I'm going to point out here uh, to you on this episode. The first one was a very impressive throw uh, made to the left sideline, about 12 yards down the field, if memory serves correct, while falling backwards off of his back foot. I mean, that thing was accurate. It was fast. It was on a line. It was, it was very impressive. Uh, another one during team drills, I actually think it was seven on seven drills. He dropped on a line again, but over the head of a six, one linebacker into the hands of a five, nine running back. Now the pass was dropped, but it was a great pass from Jacoby Brissett uh, regardless. So very good day uh, for him kind of show that veteran consistency that you want to see out of a guy like Jacoby Brissett. So um, look, really liked what I saw. It's, it's one day, you know what I mean? So we'll, we'll see how that continues, but uh, certainly you can see why Jacoby Brissett has been in the NFL for as long uh, as he had. Now, in regards to this prediction, I pointed out a few possibilities that would make NFL.com's dual quarterback prediction uh, come true. Only one was really positive for the team long term, and several listeners also came through to point out that perhaps assistant head coach and offense coordinator Eric Bieniemy would simply use Jacoby Brissett in a package or a certain situation, specific play, like a quarterback sneak type of deal uh, to use him, and that would then make NFL.com's prediction correct. And while, yes, that's certainly possible, and I would say that technically then NFL.com would be correct. Um, I took the prediction to be more meaningful than that to say that both quarterbacks would take meaningful snaps in bunches, not just for a play here or there. But, you know, that's semantics and who really matters or doesn't really matter who's right or who's wrong at the end of the day. As long as the team is doing what's most important to be successful. Earlier this week, we also discussed the five most critical commanders to a successful season. Uh, and I offered or I offended. More than a couple of people, when I put Sam Howell as my number two most important player, not my number one, as apparently they see him as the number one most important, uh, I contend that the presence of a veteran safety net in Jacoby Brissett means that if Sam doesn't pan out, it doesn't necessarily immediately doom the 2023 commander's outlook. Uh, and that wasn't meant as a prediction that Sam will not pan out, just that there is a safety net there. Um, but apparently some people took it as I was saying that Sam Howell will not pan out, which is, uh, you know, couldn't be further from the truth. Then we get to the middle of the week and we discussed expectations for the first OTA practices that we were going to see as media, what to watch for and how much stock to really put in to what is and isn't being said out here in the media following those practices. And I think for the most part, nobody in the media circle is really making any outlandish claims uh, based on the first couple of practices. So I think that's pretty good. Uh, Sam 48, the Washington post came through for Wednesday's episode. And we discussed his thoughts on the NFL draft class, chase young's absence, from OTAs along with Montez Sweat and Charles Leno Jr. And we got his expectations for the OTA period as well. And then on Thursday, yesterday's episode, I brought you three offensive standouts from our first look inside OTA practices. Sam Howell, Casimir Allen, and Cole Turner are the uh, offensive standouts that we talked about yesterday. And of course, that all led us to today and uh, defensive standouts, trademark issues, and our weekly wrap up starting uh, this week. We will continue that every Friday. So if you missed any of those conversations and you want to go catch up on those, that was the week that was 
here on Locked On Commanders. Coming up next week, we will be back every day. So every day is I need your questions for our live Tuesday afternoon mailbag episode once again. Actually, that one's going to be pre-recorded. I do have another obligation Tuesday, so I can't do that live, but I will have that Tuesday mailbag episode dropping for you at 11 on uh, YouTube, and we'll have another OTA practice, so we'll have some notes on that as well. In the meantime, let me know if you want that Chris Rodriguez film study for Wednesday or if you want me to grab another beat reporter to come in and share their thoughts on the news and the uh, notes and everything that's going on with the commanders. In the meantime, if you have other questions or comments, just throw them in the live chat, YouTube comments on Twitter, or email me at lockedoncommanders at gmail.com. Or of course, you can send them directly to me via subtext. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Every day, thank you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Remember, you can continue this conversation with me over at joinsubtext.com slash lockedoncommanders. Thank you so much for making me part of your day, part of your routine. If you have anything else Washington Commanders related you want to know or discuss, make sure you follow me on Twitter at dharrison82. Till we speak again, be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.